0: Oh, I'm worried about this and she's like oh I worried all about mm-hmm, that and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and she said um, she would say that do just take it one day at a time but I remember she also said but she wasn't very good at that <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah but she said that's a really good advice just one day at a time today we're doing our first round of chemo yes not it what's this chemo gonna cause what is it what are we doing right now we are putting chemo in her body that's Live, enough yeah. and that's enough that's enough
1: hello and hola friends If you didn't listen to last week's episode a brief recap we had laura hall my bestie my sister from the third grade she is a high-risk obstetrical sonographer and perinatal specialist of kansas city she's a board certified in obstetrics and gynecology fetal echocardiograms and abdomen and vascular ultrasound when it comes to sonography and for the past six years she has worked in high risk perinatal sonography laura is the loving wife of a software engineer and the supportive mother of two young children a four-year-old boy and almost eight well actually she is a one-year-old girl with SCID. She already turned one. Severe combined immunodeficiency. And receiving news that her daughter would spend many months of her first year of life in the hospital, this strengthened her empathy for patients' learning of the abnormalities on their routine ultrasounds. We spoke last week, the initial part of her experience with her daughter, when she was first diagnosed, and how this further helped her passion in the field of sonography with the goal of giving the highest of care to each patient and their growing families. So once again, we're gonna start right where we left off with Laura Hall, my bestie and sister from the third grade. It's story time brought to you by locumstory.com. Today we'll be reading one job, two job. One job, two jobs. Red blob, no job. Elective doc, emergency doc. Some in overstock, some in out of stock. This doc is too abused. This doc is underused. This doc can't get sick. Say, let's try a brand new trick. For all the docs about to cry, here's an idea you can try. Look into a locum tenant's assignment, a really great option. You might find it. Don't forget locums pays much better, and you can find assignments in any type of With all this new info trapped up in your thinker, go to drpodcastnetwork.com forward slash locum story and use your mouse to tinker. It's here you'll find the unbiased answers you are after so you can decide if locum tenens is in your next chapter.
0: Well, and I think for our marriage too, he's just such a good compliment to me because Mm -hmm. a lot of times. It's kind of, it's kind of the worst timing, but every day in the middle of the night, they would take blood samples. <laughs> yes. And at four in the morning, my phone would ding, you have results, okay. right? And so I'd wake up all groggy and I'd have to look them up, right? Mm-hmm. I'd have to see. And if her liver numbers or her kidney numbers oh. had gone more abnormal instantly, I'm like, oh, she's dying. Like, this is what's happened. Like, something horrible is going on. This mm-hmm. is the stuff they talked about, you know, before transplant. This is... You know awful 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 and ryan would always say let's wait to see what the doctor says mm-hmm. let's wait to see what they say in rounds mm-hmm. because maybe it's not as bad as it looks yes mm-hmm. the numbers have gotten significantly worse but maybe there's a you know mm-hmm. an explanation mm-hmm. and uh usually it was it was almost every time it was almost comical to myself because i would be worried all day all, all morning all night that this was some awful thing and we were going to get awful news and then they would come in and be like oh it's probably a medication we started her on let's change the medication and see what happens and the numbers would always go back to normal within a couple of days and so, so okay so has this process taught you
1: anything about oh, uh worrying Yes. What has it taught you? <laughs> what has it taught you about worrying?
0: Um, I think other people, if they're listening to this who are going through a transplant for skin, that I've told them now, I say, don't be like me. Don't freak out. Because guess what? You're going to have abnormal results. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't always mean the worst thing. It can, there's always a potential it can. But Take a breath, say, okay, I'm going to bring this up in rounds. Mm -hmm. Because as a mother, one of Emmy's doctors says, the mother's job is to worry. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they always have things to worry about. Mm -hmm. But I think my biggest advice is take a breath, see what they say. Is it as dire as they're saying? Right. Yeah. Because probably, I mean, you're you're making it
1: mean all these terrible things, but what if it, you know who knows right right it's nice to hear it from from her doctors like who have the full picture and man i can't imagine getting these results at 4 a.m oh, every yeah morning. every day
0: it was and you know i think part of it the whole process is really a post-traumatic stress situation because early on I remember I went up to Cincinnati, Ryan came home, my husband, Ryan came Mm -hmm. home to see our son for a few days. And I was by myself in Cincinnati, Mm -hmm. which was fine. We were going to do transplant or start chemotherapy in a few days. Mm -hmm. And the doctor came in and said, okay, I'm going to go over the consent form. Mm -hmm. And that was probably the worst experience of my Mm -hmm. life because all I could hear him keep saying, and I know it's his job to say this, obviously he has to tell me this, but it was like, this is a complication and it can cause death. This is a complication and it can cause death, death, yeah. death, death, death. And after a while I just couldn't, Yeah, I they, couldn't hear it. Did they focus,
1: do they tell you what the upside is? Not at the consent form day. <laughs> Not that See, day. You know, I've been thinking about this because I Not recent- that day. Yeah. It's like we tend to focus on the negative side of things, which is definitely, uh, I think, necessary you know as physicians we have to have full disclosure for our patients of what all the potential worst outcomes but right but i was actually thinking about this question today because i was actually listening to another podcast with an oncologist talking about um how we focus on negatives you know or we kind of are we tend as as physicians and in the culture in western medicine we victimize ourselves or we victim, like the patients will victimize ourselves. Doctors will victimize us. Everything is kind of just victimized. Uh Whereas like, what if we could focus on the, the positive aspects of, well, maybe that's the 1% of people who die. but what about the 99%? What does it look like for them? Right. Or the 95, whatever it is. uh, You know, even if it's like a 60, 40 thing, what about those positive people? How do they get through it? Let's, let's talk about that process as well. Right. Right you know because there's two sides here
0: yeah you know and it at the end of transplant none of those things happened Mm -hmm. and i you know i sat there for three hours listening to this nice doctor who's Mm -hmm. extremely smart and we love him so much (laughs) but um
1: it was was awful it was a very awful
0: meeting and i felt very alone because you were no fault of my of my husband but he was seeing our son because he wasn't going to see him for months, right? which was very necessary. But yeah, it was very difficult to hear that. So then when you see one of the things was, you know, her liver could have cut off its blood supply Mm -hmm. and have something called VOD, vascular occlusive disease. Mm -hmm. So when I would see liver numbers go abnormal, I'm like, oh, she's getting that. Mm -hmm. That's what she's getting. Because he didn't talk, no one talked about Oh, but medications can cause abnormalities. Right. We never heard that. So when I would see abnormalities, I was like, this is, this is what's happening. Yeah. You focus on the worst mm-hmm. instead of, instead of, um, I mean,
1: well, one thing, you know, I had learned from one of my emergency, uh, pediatric emergency, um, doctor friends who's been on this podcast before. she's like, you prepare for the worst, right? Mm-hmm. You're always prepared for the worst, but you plan for the best. Right. Or you hope for the best. Right. Or you put, yeah, you prepare, you plan for the worst, you prepare for the worst, but you hope for the best. So, meaning like, okay, you know this could potentially happen, right? But you're not going to hope. For, that's not what you're going to think about. That's not what you're going to choose to focus because worrying doesn't get you anywhere. Right. It just gets you into more worrying and more sorrow and more pain and more turmoil. Whereas, right. why don't, okay, you're prepared. You're in the hospital, you've got the top medical care. Let's just hope for all the good things. And I'm not saying this is what you should have done, right? Because this was a very, very sad, dark place you were in and sometimes still are in, you know, because Emmy's still um, going through transitions, Uh right? But uh, why not hope for the best and think about all these things? It's just kind of – it's just refreshing to think about, like, how things – how you could help improve the process of people who are now going through that – Right now, today. Right. You know, and I know you're very, I mean, you're all about helping people, very compassionate. Just a few days ago, you called Victor about wanting to fly a, one of your friend's kids with skid from, you know, wh- wherever yeah. they are out on the West Coast to the, the, the MDN, yeah, or Center, all these things. You, know, you, you want to help as much as you can, mm-hmm. even though we don't know the full picture here. But, but what if you can help in other ways, right? Not just transporting somebody to a hospital but help instill this what you've learned yeah. about worrying about your thought processes to other people and not everybody's ready for that though yeah. i don't
0: think but how can you well i think actually i can answer that because at the time of course i had my best friends who were so supportive um and but- pouring like uh
1: fire hoses of information at you because <laughs> we didn't know what was going
0: on. Either. right? Um, but one person, and I think she won't mind if I mention her on this podcast, but her name is Caitlin. I won't say her last name, but she has a son with Skid, who's four, who has had very a lot of success with his transplant. And um, a mutual friend of ours brought us together. And, you know, she would just text me all the time. How are you doing? How are you feeling? Mm. What's going on? How can I help? And knowing that she had gone through it, it just was such a relief to be like, oh, I'm worried about this. And she's like, oh, I worried all about mm-hmm, that. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she said um, she would say that Do, just take it one day at a time. But I remember she also said, but she wasn't very good at that. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But she said, that's a really good advice. Just one day at a time. Today, we're doing our first round of chemo. Yes. Not what's this chemo going to cause? What is it? Mm -hmm. What are we doing right now? We are putting chemo in our body. That's enough. And that's enough. That's enough. That's enough for you to know that you're like putting a poison Mm -hmm. in your kid's body. Instead of thinking, oh, what's this going to do? Is it going to cause BOD? Is it going to cause graft versus well, host? Okay, is well, this well cause- not,
1: we don't call it a poison. <laughs> well, we no. We call it medicine. <laughs> I know, but it's not something you want to take if you're healthy. <laughs> she needed it. She needed it right. so that she could receive the transplant and right. her body wouldn't reject it.
0: Right. Right. No, chemo is an amazing <laughs> drug
1: when you need it, right? So, so basically, Caitlin pr- provided this. She had been there. She mm-hmm. had- She just wanted, she knew what you needed to hear is constant. I'm here for you. How are you feeling? Let's talk about your feelings because we often hide
0: or suppress or avoid, right? Right. And of course, you're used to in the age of social media. What am I posting on social media? Okay. All day I've been nervous. I've been scared. I may have cried. What do I put? Oh, a cute picture of my baby in a bow in the hospital. (laughs) that's what I post. Oh, look at this outfit. You know, that's what I'm posting. Is that what's truly going on? Not always. Not always, but
1: is that ever true? Was that, I mean, were you?
0: you Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, I started a caring bridge Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I would put all the information there. Mm -hmm. I tried to leave out of the caring bridge. Oh, I'm worried this could be happening, but no doctor has told me that Mm -hmm. information. Mm -hmm. The caring bridge was, what have I been told definitively? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I tried to, re- I really had to stop myself a lot of times. I'm, wor- I'm worried that this is going to turn into this. And yeah. nope, I would stop myself and say, this is the information. But I was pretty open. But if you just looked at my Facebook and didn't click on the caring bridge. You might not know about all these dark places that were
1: going on inside of your head. Right. Well, I really like that advice that Caitlin said, this the one day at a time, because that's also just very, it's kind of like a mindful practice. It's a very intentional, let's focus on today. Let's focus on right now instead of focusing on maybe the past, like what could have happened, what would have happened, right? Or the future is what's going to happen because we don't know, mm-hmm. you know? So I, I actually like that for every day, for everyone, yeah. you know? We take things day by day. People are constantly asking, what's your plan? What are you going to be when you grow up? Or, you know, what's your, you know, and that's all great. You can have these long-term things you strive for. Yeah, Emmy's going to be whatever she wants to be when she grows up. But right now, she is my baby. I am holding her. We are working on extending her arms today, you know? so. So that's beautiful. And let's just go back to Ryan. How long have you been with Ryan?
0: We have been together. Well, we've been married nine years, nine years. We're married or we're together four years before that. Okay. So so yeah, you've known him 13
1: years and you Mm -hmm. guys just, you say, you know each other so well and you, you have, Oh my gosh. I I just can't believe I haven't really ever talked to you about how you resolve your argument so quickly. And, Mm -hmm. um, Yeah. You get into lashes or that'll happen and then you're just able to recover so quickly. I think that's a huge key to a successful marriage. Mm -hmm. And speaking of that, what do you consider your definition of marital interdependence?
0: That is hard. (laughs) I think for, because it's also, it's being separate, but also coming together. Correct. mm
1: -hmm. Well, interdependence. So it means like you're, you're not dependent on each other, but you're not independent of each other. You kind of cohabitate in this symbiotic relationship like the little bird that lives on the back of the hippo you know uh-huh. which I, I think maybe that's how it is but anyway so like in other words you know the i, I guess a more simplified term is i consider it a successful marriage yeah. when you're
0: interdependent for us we have very different interests mm-hmm. very <laughs> he like he's a gamer he's a gamer I don't understand the gaming, (laughs) but he does it, which is fine. He enjoys it. And I am a TV person. Like, that's how I relax. I like to sit, not all day, especially now with two kids. You can't (laughs) hardly watch any TV. But at the end of the night when they go to bed, Mm -hmm. I want to, for an hour, hour and a half, sit and watch a TV show. So usually in the evenings, we're actually apart Mm -hmm. (laughs) a lot. But when we come together, he is very much into, we need to go grocery shopping together. Mm-hmm. That is important. <laughs> Not that today I went grocery Don't shopping Victor. without him. <laughs> Don't tell Victor that. <laughs> he loves, sometimes I think uh, people are confused. Like we're like, we can't go to the grocery store. And they're like, well, why doesn't one of you stay with the kids and one of you? Well, because we want to go together. And we can't take Emmy because she has a low immune system. Well, now it's better, but mm-hmm. we can't take her. It's covid and uh, so you like to do things together. Is what yes, you're saying. You we love, love doing to go, Costco, Costco together, together.
1: Uh, but you can do things apart.
0: We can. Yes, we love I love spending time with my friends like without him. We have a little bit of it's funny, too, like when we go on vacations, we prefer to be with other people. Not, not that we don't want to be with each other, but we get more joy out of the vacation if we're with another couple like you and Victor. Uh, you just won't wake up at 7 a.m. and go to get
1: pastries.
0: No, we don't get up at 7 a.m., especially <laughs> Ryan. <laughs> He's like on a vacation. He sleeping until 11. But, uh, but yeah, you and Victor can do your thing in the morning and then we'll join you. But was it love at first sight? No. (laughs) (laughs) Why not? love? Uh, Because I have a thing that when I'm at a job, I really, I'm kind of unaware of people in the office unless I work directly with them. Mm -hmm. If I'm working directly with them, I know your name. I know your kids. I know all that stuff. But if you work down the hall and I don't really see that much, you work together. Yeah, we lived in the same or not lived. We worked in the same building. I had no clue who he was. I got an email saying I have taken a liking to you or some weird odd phrasing that he never talks like now. But <laughs> I was like, who is this creepy guy? <laughs> Who's this? So you never did you answer the email? Yes. I said who? Cause he didn't say him, you know. And I he didn't say
1: who he was. No, he email. said
0: he who he was on the email, but he said someone has taken a liking to you. So oh, I didn't know yeah, if okay. he was talking about a coworker of okay, his. Okay, okay, you know, <laughs> and you know, I'm just didn't necessarily want to date any single. Okay, any so person. then what happened? Well, I kind of said yes. We can go out if no one sees us and no one knows. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> How old were you then? Ah, uh, twenty
1: three or 24. okay okay
0: because i had had all these little not serious relationships and i was so sick of dating mm. and i didn't want to gossip like oh laura who do mm-hmm. you go um so he kind of said forget it like we just didn't and i said fine okay so at the time I worked in this office and one of my other friends, Kim, worked there. And if you know Kim, she is very um, outgoing. Mm. She's a very fun person. So she run. got you guys together. Well, what happened was I knew he was interested in me and months had gone by. And then he was at her desk and they were laughing and carrying on. And I was like, I don't want to laugh and carry on. <laughs> well, I guess he invited her to a concert. She had a boyfriend, so uh-huh. it wasn't. It wasn't. It was very platonic cl- concert g- gathering. But Kim said, "How we're going to Power and Light? It's like a mm-hmm. place you go dance at yep. clubs. Yep. Afterwards, and you want to come? And um, yeah, the rest I, is history. The rest is history. You had some Long Island iced. Teas. I had too many Long Island iced teas, and we kissed. One and, is too many. Long yeah. Long one. Iced he tea. didn't know that though. <laughs> he was being nice and buying me multiple. But I. You kissed on you, your first date yeah okay i was very drunk and if you know me i'm never drunk hardly i usually alcohol goes bad yeah, in the i don't fridge. That, yeah i've never seen you drunk like maybe yeah very rarely but that night he kept buying me these long island iced teas okay
1: and, and yeah. then you
0: just started dating and and now it's been 13
1: years later Plus, and yeah you guys know how to
0: resolve conflicts i mean i wouldn't say we're perfect but we Yes, I don't, I don't spend a lot of time worrying about our relationship. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and do you think he does? I don't think so. Okay. I, I don't think so.
1: Well, let's just, you know, touch briefly. I just also wanted to discuss, since we always talk about money, just briefly on this podcast, let's talk a little bit about, you know, you decided to take a leave of absence from your work. Right. And were you ever worried about Finan- like financially, how you and Ryan were going to do that. If, Or, you know, the alternative, if you were going to continue to work and hire for full-time help for Emmy at home. Because I know you mentioned, mm-hmm. you know, it was, was going to be your mom or your mother-in-law mm-hmm. watching both kids at home and they decided you couldn't do that. Did you ever considering hiring like a nurse or... Or did you guys look at the financials of what it would cost for you to stay home versus doing
0: that? Or what did that look Um, like? I think we thought about hiring somebody, but honestly, when your kid is born, even though now she has had a bone marrow transplant, she has more of an immune system. Mm -hmm. It's hard for me to trust that this person is not doing X, Y, Z, that they should be doing if you're the mother. Yeah. 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 There's nothing wrong if someone is out with their friends, but- If i wanted somebody to watch my kid i wanted them to pretty much be quarantined which is a lot to ask somebody i mean they'd have have... to move in
1: and live with you for like a year
0: yeah Mm -hmm. and um so i wasn't super happy about that um as far as financially i mean i loved my job um but it gets to a point even my boss at the old job said you're never gonna regret being with your family. Mm -hmm. You're never gonna regret it. They were very supportive. And I just thought, this is where I need to be right now. Mm -hmm. I don't think I'm meant to be a stay-at-home mom forever. Mm -hmm. I like home, but I like work too. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm gonna start a very part-time PRN position soon just to stay in the game. But I never worried about money. Ryan is always very, very prepared. He Mm -hmm. always has. Every time we're like, maybe we'll need a car in a few years, a new car. He starts a car fund Mm -hmm. and he puts money every year into that car fund. And he always had an emergency fund, Mm -hmm. a pretty substantial emergency fund. So I knew. He's very good with money. He prepares for the worst. Hopes for the best, right? Got it. Prepares for the worst. (laughs) Hopes it doesn't happen. Hopes he can just use that money for a big vacation, Mm -hmm. right? But Mm -hmm. Uh, For now, it is it kind of saved us. We didn't really feel it. And I know a lot of people who have kids going through this kind of thing, they have huge financial burdens. Mm -hmm. And we were very lucky. Um, Also, Cincinnati, and I don't know if this is normal for a lot of hospitals, but in the bone marrow transplant unit, they take your insurance and write off the rest. Oh, wow. So that was... You know, it just took a huge burden off of us. Wow.
1: Okay, I did not realize. Yeah, I don't know what most hospitals
0: do. I, yeah, we were happy to accept. Okay. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> um, obviously, we were in the hospital every day for five months, and then you stayed at the Ronald McDonald House. Yes. For so how long? We stayed. I think Ryan got there in December, mm-hmm. and we were there in November. So he's about a month. He did have a month without. A place to stay so mm-hmm. we had to do hotels hotels aren't so cheap to stay for a whole month,
1: month. Mm-hmm.
0: um but again he had saved money mm-hmm. we had and we then had you were the in money. the ronald mcdonald house for... we got in the ronald mcdonald house we were there until may from okay. december to may okay so we really yeah, got months, to know the ronald mcdonald house mm-hmm. people but that's an amazing charity too mm-hmm. just to realize what they do and gosh, we got so many toys for both kids Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. all the things they do to try to make these kids happy. Mm -hmm. is really amazing.
1: Well, oh my gosh, this has been so, so enlightening. And and I'm sure so many people have gotten, I mean, I never even knew barely what skid was besides just reading it in one paragraph, I think in, in medical school, you know, I, I had to go back and research this. So it's, it's nice to hear about this journey and that it's, you know, It's positive. It's going positively. You know, it truly hasn't ended, but it's going up and up and up. She has normal levels now. She has normal levels, kind of like a normal kid, right, for her age. So the
0: things you're working on now are? More feeding, although we just got rid of feeding too, hopefully Mm -hmm. forever. We're kind of on a trial period. Mm -hmm. Um, Working on feeding, working on strength. -hmm. A lot of these kids, or what a doctor in Cincinnati told me, is all of the kids going through transplant as babies are really behind on milestones. Uh, So you know she's she's almost a year. She's not sitting up yet. She can sit on my lap without assistance, but she can't Mm -hmm. sit on the floor. But that's also because she was in a brace for her. She's also in a hip harness. Yes, Mm -hmm. which is a separate (laughs) discussion thing she went through. But um, she. Yeah, she's just been weak, and we're trying to get her stronger. She's not crawling yet. But she's she's just pushing line up. She got her central out. line out, so finally, okay. so we don't need that. And now you're basically following up just with her oncologist every so often. Her hematologist, hematologist. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. We're following them once a month. It used to and be you just twice saw, a day, twice a week. Now it's once a month, and you just saw genetics last week. Yeah, and they said, no problems. We were worried about the The skeletal dysplasia. dysplasia. It's associated with her specific kind of Mm skid. And he said, things look good. He was not worried (laughs) about any of the stuff on the x-rays. So we're really thankful. That's good. Yeah, because something we didn't mention earlier is there was a point there where you were getting, like, terrible
1: news, like, every other day, it felt like. Right. I don't even know.
0: When was that? Like, this late winter... early on. Yeah. Yeah. every day. Okay. Now the hips are wrong. Now that now this looks wrong, right? Yeah. And, um, one thing in this process I kept saying is every solution created a problem. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So she, you know, got in the hip brace to help her hip dysplasia, but then now she wants to be in that position all the time and can't Mm -hmm. crawl. And she was weak. And now do you believe that now that every solution creates a problem? In that, in that, yeah, sometimes <laughs> not in life all the time, but yeah. No, but for now, for Emmy, because she has had
1: solutions. Uh, the problems. No, seem right to have now decreased. things are go- Are looking up. Okay. Now things are looking up. Well, that's good. Is there any any um thing we haven't discussed that we need to discuss about Emmy or or Harrison
0: or Ryan or you? I mean. I guess one thing that I've taken out of this being a healthcare provider and um, have gone through this whole position is the experience. And I believe who we were talking about earlier, who you've had on the podcast, who's gone through something similar. Um, your experience as the healthcare provider is so different than the experience of the patient, the patient's family mm-hmm. going through it. Um, just the the feeling of it's awful giving bad news to a patient. It feels like I, I don't like it at all, but it's just times a thousand when you're getting it about your own child. Mm-hmm. And so I think as a healthcare provider, whatever that may be, I think it's good to remember if you're giving bad news, that may be the worst day. <laughs> Of their life, mm-hmm. you know?
1: Did you have to do that as a sonographer? Did you have to give back They
0: They wouldn't let us do the full counseling, but yeah, we would tell them something. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then you'd go get the... And then phys- I'd go get the physician and be in the room mm-hmm. as the whole counseling mm-hmm. happened. So yeah, so when you go back, because uh-huh. you're going to be going back
1: soon, mm-hmm. right? Fetal sonography. Yes. So will you
0: approach it differently or... I think so, I think there's just, it changes your whole outlook on it. I mean, I'm sure every healthcare provider, you just start going through the motions. You're like, Mm -hmm. oh, there's, we always at our work had a box of the ones that were waiting in the waiting room. And sometimes, you know, things would happen that are out of anybody's control. And there's tons of people and you're like, oh, I just gotta get through these. But I think now you can see every one of those patients, even if everything's normal, they're in there worried Mm -hmm. they're worried are they gonna find something are they gonna tell me something bad today Mm -hmm. and just knowing what it's like to be those people it just kind of it changes your perspective and your empathy for those people well as yeah as it as it would as it would and
1: and I certainly have learned a lot through this process and never Want to have to see you go through anything like this again. So we're just going to continue praying for Emmy that she meets all of her, you know, milestones eventually. We're just extending out the timeline a little right. bit. And thank you so much for sharing this on our show. Of course. Thanks for having me. For doctors, the story has changed. Visit doctorpodcastnetwork.com forward slash locum story to see if a locum tenants assignment is right for you. It's here you'll find the unbiased answers you are after, so you can decide if locum tenens is in your next chapter. Yet again, what an amazing episode with my bestie and third grade sister. Sister from the third grade, Laura Hall. My take-home points from Laura Hall's journey with Emmy. Number one, you've heard this before. Prepare for the worst, but hope for the best. You may not be in the time to receive this or hear this, and that's okay. Number two, if you have gone through something and you see somebody struggling, going through the same thing, but maybe haven't spoken to them in a while, that's okay. Reach out. Tell them that you're, you're there for them. You hear them. You were in their journey, maybe just a month, a year, a few years before. Reach out. Nobody wants to feel alone. Number three, take one step day at a time. And this is so hard for so many of us. And I'm not saying it's easy. But if we can focus on what's happening today and be intentional and mindful about the little joys that you're working on today, would this help? Ask yourself. And number four, being apart from your spouse is okay. Even though it may seem hard when you don't want to be apart, oftentimes we may spend the evenings apart on purpose. We may be at work, for Laura and Ryan, they like to either game or watch TV separately. And this is okay. Their day dates include Costco shopping and market trips, which is perfect for them. So do you have to spend all your time together with your spouse to show love, to feel loved? No, you get to decide. And I hope you walk away asking yourself, am I hoping for the best? Do I want to hope for the best? Does what I worry serve me? What am I really worried about? And is it more concern? Or more endless worry? Do I have self-compassion for the part of me that does worry? And that is it my friends. Please take this and share this with those who need to hear this message. Give us a 5 star review if you deem necessary and leave us a little snippet so that others can can listen. Can uh, This can go to the top of the list so that other people may learn about medicine, marriage, and money, and how they can all be lived in balance. And if you do like what you're learning here, please reach out to me. Tell me what you're liking. Tell me if you have a guest in mind. Tell me about a topic you want me to bring up, or speak more of, teach on. And if you'd like to put this into practice in your own life and maybe don't know how or feeling stuck, feeling more misunderstood by your spouse, not as appreciated or loved as you want to, feel like you're still walking on eggshells, or maybe you're just living with your roommate and want to reignite the spark that you had before kids or on your honeymoon, reach out to me. I have a few one-on-one coaching spots still available. And no time is better than now to make an investment in yourself. And don't forget to join the party on Facebook, Medicine, Marriage, and Money, where we like to talk about all things relationships and the 39.6 community where my husband has lots of mini videos and talks about all things finance. Much love, my friends. Please go and spread love and kindness unconditionally into this world. So much love to you and your spouse. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional, medical, or financial advice. The opinions provided on this podcast are those of myself, Or the invited guest alone. They do not represent the opinions of any particular institution. Always seek the advice of your physician or financial advisor with any questions you may have of a medical condition or financial plan. This is for your entertainment only.